0: Hi, I'm Gabe Fall, you're listening to Extra Gamepad. My guest this week is a good friend of mine. I have known him for 12, 11 years, somewhere around there. It is Joe Warmbo. Hi, glad to be here. I'm really glad to have you, Joe. Um, you, have, you and I have known each other for a long time. We met in college. Yeah, my freshman
1: year, it. your sophomore year
0: right yes yes it was it was at a party in an apartment building i believe in a yeah. stadium of apartments at the university of minnesota Duluth. Oh, i don't think
1: it was stadium it was uh, off campus right
0: yes it was amy's. no it absolutely was cuz amy's, amy's house, house yeah yeah, yeah. yeah amy's house yeah they're yeah apartment man we uh i mean we've been over Many times you and I have, of course, yep. been over like, the nostalgia of Amy and Dipty's house. Yep. If you're listening, Amy and or Dipty, y- your house is really fun in college. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Yes. Anyways, we're not here to talk about college. We're here to talk about video games. Yep. So, we're going to jump right into it. Joe, what was All the right. first game you ever played? Uh it's hard to remember the
1: exact game cuz I I started like playing games really young. Um my guess yeah. is it would have been uh like either NES games or Super NES games. So for NES it definitely probably would have been like Mario and Duck Hunt. Like I played those a lot. Um okay. I actually didn't I didn't have an NES, but uh my friend who was like my neighbor did. Yeah. And like we'd go and play at his house. And then later, eventually, like, I think it was my brother technically, but we got a Super NES and, uh, yeah, from there on it just, uh, went. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I played a lot of Mario. I remember, uh, <laughs> Like my friend knew all the little like little hidden secrets. Like, you know, you can fly up to the clouds in like the the first level in um Mario three or whatever. All yeah, that yeah. all those types of secrets. <laughs> nice. And it was like kinda crazy because, you know, you didn't have the internet back then, so I don't know how he knew all this stuff. But then he showed me all of it and then I you know, I go and later show other people, and then they think I'm amazing, so... <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> it was kind of crazy, like, that that time before internet. The the big example that people always use is blowing into the cartridges
1: mm-hmm. to, like, yeah.
0: clean them out. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, I guess that makes, like, a little bit of common sense, you know, because you're just trying to get the dust off of the connections there. Yeah. Um, but also, it's it's weird how quickly that spread and how everybody just knew that Without um, internet.
1: Yeah, I feel like most of the time it's mostly just, you know, pulling it out and putting it back in is what actually did the trick. But uh, Absolutely, absolutely. Everyone blew it. Every single person, yeah. 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 That's crazy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, it's such a weird, I don't know, a weird thing. I do wonder about that time when, like, because there were magazines and stuff. And I guess more yeah. people read magazines than I think. Then I realized?
1: Yeah, I I didn't really, but, like, yeah, there there were some big uh, gaming magazines. And, like, I know my friend had, like, a subscription. This is later, but, uh, like, they'd, you know, come with all, like, little secrets or cheat codes or whatever. Yeah, yeah.
0: I remember getting the back of, like, cheat codes out of, like, Game Informer and... PlayStation Magazine back when that was a thing. I would just go to Barnes & Noble and just like read them and then like write them down like on a piece of paper.
1: Or (laughs) some games had those help hotlines, remember that? Like? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure like they charge like ridiculous amounts and then you call up and ask for help.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely.
1: Yeah. (laughs) What else are you gonna do if you're stuck or something?
0: (laughs) Right, right. I know that, uh, The Legend of Zelda, I think that was a really popular one for, for the NES and the Super NES, whatever one came out of the Super NES, I don't remember. Link to the Past, I
1: played that one a lot actually too.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Did you ever get stuck and call the hotline?
1: No, I didn't, can't say I did. Yeah. Although, on, uh, Ocarina of Time, that is actually how I met, like, one of my good friends growing up, you know, Danny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> Is when it recently came out, and like we we're we rode the same bus. Like this is like the first day of school, and like I guess we started talking about it. And he he had, couldn't figure out how to get like through the web in the Deku Tree, and I'd I'd watch my dad do that when he played through it.
0: Oh, <laughs> so he's like, you gotta
1: like, stick on fire and roll over the web, and it catches fire, and, <laughs> and then you fall down. <laughs> And so like, from there on, like, <laughs> we played a lot of games together, and then, you know, that's how it all started.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you, you played on the uh, 64? Yeah.
1: So, consoles that I had was like, uh, starting with, uh, well, playing on my friend's NES, then we got the Super NES, and then sometime later we got a Sega Master System, I think it was Sega Master System 2 from my uncle who had it, but okay. never played it anymore. For sure. Uh, that was the one with the 3D glasses and everything. Oh! <laughs> uh, ours, like, broke or we lost them or something. So, <laughs> like, we had to play the games, and if it was a 3D game, you know, the screen was, like, shaking without the glasses. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we just played it anyway, <laughs> even though it looked absolutely <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Images are all like Switches shaking all off. over the screen. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> uh, after that we got Nintendo 64 and from there on we switched to PlayStation with PlayStation 2 and then I later got PlayStation 3 but throughout that whole thing I also played, uh, on PC. So I first started playing PC with like MS-DOS games. I don't remember exactly how old I was but I, I feel like it was, I, it wasn't actually DOS. It was like probably Windows ninety five or something. So yeah, would, but like yeah, years after
0: S N E S and so. But, what kind of so, games would so, you play on DOS? Like w- were uh, they like the computer RPGs or?
1: Yeah, it was like so games. I remember were like Duke Nukem, Commander Keen. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, you know those older. Uh, there's one game I remember. I think it's. Like cosmos, cosmic adventure or something. You play a little green alien with like su- suction cup for hands. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's <laughs> <Nice. laughs> kind of a weird game, but um. And yeah, later I was playing Doom. I remember playing Doom a lot. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> after after so I was. Playing those games, then I think through that I eventually found like strategy games, especially RTS games. And that okay. was kind of my jam for a while. Yeah. Played like, uh, let's see, Age of Empires. I think mostly Age of Empires 2. I played a lot of Red Alert and yeah. also some games called Stronghold. I don't, have you heard of those? They're not I, as
0: popular. I have not. Yeah, it's like a little castle builder, medieval castle builder. Okay. Is it like tower defense, or is it like a sim more than a? Uh,
1: it's it's more like building the you know resource management, and then you know it's it's okay. basically like uh, like Age of Empires or Red Alert. Okay. Although there was, I do remember <laughs> uh, me and my friend Danny. We both played this game, and we found a little, like, glitch in, like, the first two games. Those are the ones we played the first. It was Stronghold and Stronghold Crusader. And there's, like, a glitch where you could get, like, an infinite amount of guys into a tower that normally fits, like, five guys. So, <laughs> so we like, set up one tower, like, just... We basically turned it into a tower defense where we'd just build towers and wouldn't bother <laughs> <Right>. with walls. <laughs> you'd, just, you'd put, like, a tower, one piece of wall, and then some stairs so people can get on the tower and then cram it full of, like, a 100 guys, a 100 archers, and they'd just, like, shoot anything that came into the map. <laughs> yeah.
0: So it was a tower defense game eventually.
1: I, I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then I guess the other big RTS were of course the Blizzard ones, but I didn't really play those until much, much later. Like I was way late to that party. For uh, sure. Yeah, like I, I did play, uh, the Diablo games. Okay. Yeah. Two. So that was like my only Blizzard games really that
0: I played. Okay. Not until the isometric kind of. Yeah. Kinda-
1: uh, Axlash yes. or whatever, the ARPG, I think
0: they
1: yeah, call them yeah. now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, those are, those are fun. I actually, I played Diablo 1 a lot more than Diablo 2, which is kind of un, unusual because most people consider Diablo 2 the better game. And uh, I, think- I, I guess I'd agree with that overall. I just enjoyed Diablo 1 more for some whatever reason. I think... It's more of a gothic horror atmosphere that I liked at the time. Yeah, yeah. Maybe just timing too. I think maybe Diablo two. I was already playing different games
0: for sure. And I, I think it's like it's very reasonable to like to like a game that isn't considered as good, or I mean, to like it over something else. Like, uh uh-huh. Because a lot of it is that personal preference, and the setting plays a big role. At least for me, the setting plays a big role in a lot of games. Um. Fallout 4 is a game that I will play forever uh, because I yeah. like the setting so much the gameplay isn't great the mechanics aren't great but that setting is perfect so.
1: did you play Fallout 3 or New Vegas?
0: I did yeah and I loved the story and the storytelling in New Vegas yeah um, but Fallout the, like
1: the, the shooting mechanics I like Fallout 4 better
0: yes Yes. Yeah, the shooting it's... is much better in Fallout 4, which is maybe why I like it, because I'm used to playing uh-huh. shooters. Yeah, yeah. So, it's like, Fallout 4 is a is a bad RPG with good shooting mechanics, or it's a um, bad shooter with the good RPG elements. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think you can cross genres like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: I, I did play my fair share of, like, Fallout and of course like uh Elder Scrolls games. But usually what I, I find myself eventually doing like I get I I suppose I get my money's worth, but eventually I I install like a shit ton of mods and I spend more time modding than actually playing. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes I'll I'll get this itch to play it and then I'll like spend days setting up my mods and then actually get into the game like You know, I don't really want to play this game anymore. (laughs) I think I've worn it out.
0: (laughs) Right. It is, it is one of those things because I'll play, I'll play Fallout 4 at least once a week. Um, and along with that, Fallout 76 at least once a week. Um, but yeah, it is kind of, I mean, especially Fallout 76, I can play the game for about half an hour and then I gotta be done because it's so buggy. Um, (laughs) still. Wow. But Fallout 4, I'll play for a couple of hours, um, and then that's that's enough Fallout 4 for right now. But I will probably play that game until the day I die. <laughs> that's right. Oh, that I is
1: haven't. a that is a decent game where like if you can just only sneak in like a half hour, hour every so often, as long as you can like you know because you just go in, you wander around, run through a dungeon or whatever, and then all right, pick it up next time. That, that's not too bad, then, <laughs> for, like, that type of
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and especially for those, you know, Bethesda RPGs where yeah. it's just you could play forever, and there's so much to do in those worlds and so many side quests and things like that. It can kind of get overwhelming if you sit with it for too long. Um, yeah. So to just play it for a little bit at a time, I think is, like, the way to play those games.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's probably a good idea. At least like it's it's the way to play it longer term. Like you can you can binge on it when it's new or something, but then not too long because then you get burned out. I feel like
0: <laughs> for sure, for sure. And there are like the, I mean, the stories do get kind of convoluted sometimes with those. Like uh-huh. I don't think I'd be able to do that with New Vegas because there's so much to remember. And yeah, you know, like yeah. who did you double cross and who is you know. <laughs> Why can't I do this mission because I killed this other person? You know these sorts of things. So it's like ah. you've got to be able to remember those things. So I think like main story things is something that you got to get done right away. Like when you binge it, when it first comes out. Yeah. Um, but then that other like side side quest stuff you just kind of whatever whenever I want to do it just when I want to be in this world I can be in this world for, mm-hmm. for a short amount of time and then just like ditch it.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, one of, one of the big problems i have with like those games is i i start a character and then you know do one build and then before i can like even do that quest stuff i get this idea for another character and i so i make a new character and i end up doing like the same content over and over and over because i keep making new characters like yeah oh i want to do it slightly different this way and then like I don't think I've beaten the, like, Fallout 4 main quest line, but I've done, like, the, <laughs> the earlier quests, like, <laughs> 20 <laughs> times or something, I don't know. For I'm sure. Remaking a new character.
0: For sure, and I, I can't tell problem. you how many times. I can't tell you how many times I've saved Preston Garvey out of Cambridge oh, or okay. whatever he is. Yeah. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to do it one time without saving him, and it the game just took forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was a time, speaking of the creating new characters, um, there was a time in Fallout uh, New Vegas, where when I had first got the game, which wasn't that long ago, I didn't play it that long ago, it was like four years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I got the game, and I, like the first run I did, I killed everybody in that first little town. And I couldn't progress in the story because I killed everybody. So it like wouldn't let (laughs) me leave like the little tutorial town. Uh, So I had to re-roll again and like it kept suggesting things and suggesting ways for me to like set up my character. New Vegas Uh does that which is weird where it's like it sets your exclu- your explosives skill really high. Um, because one of the first missions you have to have a high explosive skill for, and I was just like, I don't need that, I can just get by (laughs) on charm and intelligence, like I always do in these RPGs, um, and I kept doing that, and I kept failing that first mission so many times, like, it's so frustrating because I kept dying, um, and then it just turned out to be like, alright, I'm just gonna do whatever you want me to do, Bethesda, like, you know best (laughs) And then I did it and I got into the game and that's, that's how I beat the game. I was going with that character for the first time, so. I see. Do you, do you normally like,
1: so you, you normally run like an intelligence and charisma playthrough first? I guess if you, if you kill a bunch of people, do you, do you normally do like an evil run through for those types of games?
0: Yeah, yeah. Intelligence and charisma are like my two favorite things to go with. Usually. Uh, though I played the Outer Worlds last year. Uh, when uh-huh. it came out. And, which is Fallout New Vegas in space. Uh, um, okay. I haven't played it.
1: I, I, but I think I, I think I've heard of it, yeah.
0: Yeah, it was made by the people who, like, originally developed Fallout. Uh, um, oh, okay. Obsidian. And went off and, yeah, Obsidian, yeah, yeah. They went off and made their own, com- or Obsidian. Um, and it's, it's really, really great. But this time, the first thing I did was I did a Forrest Gump character, uh, who was um, it doesn't ha- it doesn't have a luck stat, which is a little bit different from the Fallout. Uh, so it has an intelligence stat and uh, charisma, agility. Uh, I don't th- I don't think no, they call it dexterity, um, strength, and tech. I think we're the thing. So I just, I put all of my points into charisma and strength. <laughs> and I put no points into intelligence and no points into, uh <laughs> oh no, I, it was intel was uh, charisma, strength, and dexterity. But again, I was like Forrest Gump, right? Uh, I'm like, I can run fast, I can play ping pong really good. I'm not very smart, but I'm really charming. Like everybody <laughs> just loves me for whatever reason. Yeah. So, um i did that and the the options that you get for some of the dumb things to say to people are just hilarious <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's one thing that uh
1: like with New Vegas versus Fallout 4 is like Fallout 4 just doesn't have as many actual like real options like it doesn't really change no
0: yeah they're all kind of the same which is annoying yeah but it also makes the game fairly simple, which is nice. Yeah,
1: that's true. You get kind of like the same same story through playthrough. I guess that's there's some merit to that, but I, like for the open world Bethesda games, you just kind of expect you know, some more more choices. I feel like right it gets harder when you have to, you know, do like voice acting nowadays. I remember like Morrowind it was mostly just text and like, yeah, it is a lot more a lot more choices. Although I I didn't play Morrowind a lot. I just played it at a friend's house. I didn't actually own it myself. I, I feel like mostly though, I'm looking back, and it might just be nostalgia for the stuff that I actually like. Like if I played it now, I don't know if I'd enjoy it as much.
0: <laughs> I think I mean again those older. Those older Bethesda games, I think, have, are a little bit better, like Skyrim even, you know. Um, just better with choices. And yeah. And I think The Elder Scrolls has really been good at that. Fallout, their last two games have not been good. at Like, Fallout 76, there are no NPCs. There's barely any choices that you make in the game that yeah. affect the story at all. Um, Even with the, with the new DLC, with the characters, uh, where they brought in NPCs, it's the story doesn't change. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's largely the same. Uh, which, it, I mean, it kind of has to be for, like, being a multiplayer game, a, a, yeah, a shared world experience, but also, I don't know, be kind of cool if, you know, they just made a storyline that wasn't online.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it's, like... Is it, it's like, like, MO, or, like, how many players are there typically in, like, an area? With I pause? think
0: there's, I think there's, like, 26 players on a server. Okay, so it can, um, get a fair amount. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's a pretty big map, but, uh, the goal is to make it so you'd run into somebody every 20 minutes or so. Okay. Um, which is definitely the case. Uh, I think that that, that worked really well for the most part. Um, And that does happen. Uh huh. Uh, the, it's, the player to player combat isn't great. Is Um, it
1: like, um, optional or could anyone just shoot you? Kind of like survival games or whatever?
0: Somebody could shoot you, but until you, until you retaliate, they can't kill you. Oh, okay. So they can they can shoot you and do a little little bit of damage um, if they attack you, and they can keep doing little bits of damage until you're down to like a quarter health. I see. And then they can't they can't do any more damage unless you attack them back. Um, Gotcha. If you attack them back, then they can do normal damage. Yeah, they can kind
1: of annoy you, but n't necessarily totally ruin your day unless you <laughs> unless you opt into it basically.
0: <laughs> right. Well, they can they can break your shit. So like Oh, okay. Face cool. building is part of the game. Uh-huh. Um and you can build like this camp and make it however you want. And they can come in and just like fuck it all up if they want. They can just like shoot your walls and destroy them. Um and then you've got to go out and find a bunch of more metal so you can, you know, rebuild your walls or whatever <laughs> so- it is. Um, so I as far, like, as far as that game goes, though, that game is not great, and it came out and it wasn't great, uh, but the people that played it were really, really, really nice, and (laughs) the griefing wasn't a problem, not because it is an online game, but because of the culture of the people who played it. Yeah, that's, it's really
1: definitely, like, you have to have something that, like, fosters a... The, the culture to be, you know, somewhat helpful and stuff. Otherwise it's just going to be like shitty community, like griefing, full of griefing and stuff like that. Like, yeah, yeah. I played EverQuest way back in the day and like, this is like either late 1999 or early 2000. And like, so I played EverQuest a ton. And, like, I sometimes get nostalgic, but the thing is, like, it's not the same culture that exists, like, playing that. So it's like, I don't know that I can really get into another MMO, because even if if you recreated it exactly, it's totally different. Because it's a different culture, different approach that people take to the game. And, like, in EverQuest, uh, it's... It's kind of I mean it's all it's all PvE not PvP stuff but okay. um uh the PvP in that game was super limited and mostly ignored by most players but the the game world itself was just kind of brutal so people just kind of helped each other out and it was like just expected like there are a lot of like community not real rules but like community, you know, things that people followed. Like, uh, for example, in EverQuest, you can kill Steel. Like, you can... It, whoever gets credit for, like, killing something is whoever does the most damage, not who, like, attacks at first.
0: Oh, okay.
1: So, you know, there's all this stuff you could do that would just, like, you know, total griefing. But, for the most part, people actually didn't. And... Part of that is because um for 95% of players, ninety like, they played a class where soloing wasn't an option, just at all. <laughs> so if you wanted to get oh. a group, you couldn't become known as, like, a dick. Some players right. would get known to be, like, dicks, and then they just wouldn't get groups. Only okay. Only a few classes could actually solo in that game, which is... <laughs> Poor class balance, but it, I don't know, made things
0: interesting. Well, I wonder if that's a little bit on purpose is to bring that community together in that way. It it definitely was, like,
1: made to be played with, a, like, multiple people. It's, you, it's not a great game solo. Like, and that was, I think, definitely deliberate. Like, y- y- you relied on... Other players. That was definitely a big thing. And this is an older MMO, so it's it'd be like super grindy by today's standards. And then if you die, if you can't find a cleric to resurrect you, you lose like like two weeks worth of experience.
0: <laughs> really?
1: Oh yeah, oh, like because like every what they call that like hells and they just took forever to get through you die and you if you lost like experience and couldn't get some of it back through like a cleric resurrecting you yeah you're yeah it sucked and not only that like you had to go back to your body uh to get your stuff back and like it's not like in world of warcraft you turn into a ghost and like stuff doesn't attack you. That it wasn't like that. Neverquest, you're like, you just spawn back in without any of your stuff, and now you have to go fight through what just killed you without all your gear, <laughs> and you have like a week, like three days played time, or a week out of game to get your body back. Otherwise, all your stuff is gone.
0: <laughs> and is that is that out of you lose all your stuff, so you lose whatever weapons you're carrying, whatever armor you have yep. on. So most people oh like
1: most people kept like an extra set of gear of like their older stuff in the bank, so that if they died, they'd run equip all that stuff. At okay. least for that was more for like uh, melee characters. For like casters, they can just still use their spells. But um, I mean that that stuff sucked. But like what it did do is encouraged people to do things to avoid that. So, play cautiously. Uh, Like, so now in, like, modern MMOs, people will, like, rush through stuff as quick as possible. Like that. In Interquest, you kind of, like, there was a much more cautious approach to the game. And also, like, for example, if you join a group and the group gets killed, or even just one person dies. Like, I played World of Warcraft just a little bit, like, every every now and then. And, like, generally what I'd assume would happen then would be people just quit. Like, they just leave the group. In EverQuest, it was kind of, like, expected of you that you'd, like, if a group member dies, that you'd try and help them get their body back. So, if someone dies in, like, a hard place to get to like the, all five other people might spend like the next two hours helping that one person get their body back and then and they disband
0: <laughs> oh nice yeah so I mean oh that's such I mean, a awesome community <laughs> yeah yeah
1: it, it, the game hated you the game was brutal so you, you had to be nice to each other and obviously there's there's exceptions of course but it, it did definitely foster the, a more helpful community Oh, but, yes, yeah, definitely, definitely a case though where like if at, with those benefits, you have to nowadays find a way to get those benefits using different ways because like no one, no one's gonna put up with that stuff anymore. They got away with that because at the time there was like no competition. <laughs> there wasn't World of Warcraft
0: back then. <laughs> right? Was it the only MMO that was really happening um, at the time or
1: um it's basically the first successful three D MMO. There was like Ultima oh, okay. Online at the time was probably as big oh, of a yeah, game. that's a very different game because that's one thing it's like two D and it's more uh it it allows like for PvP stuff, so it's like in some ways Ultima Online was a bit more brutal because you also had other players trying to fuck with you, but Right. EverQuest is PvE focused. So. But, yeah, like, EverQuest was, like, the king MMO up until WoW, basically. That's what everyone was trying to emulate. It was not uh, it wasn't WoW killers or WoW clones. It was EverQuest clones and EverQuest killers. <laughs> and then WoW was the thing that never didn't never really killed it. EverQuest is still going, like twenty twenty one years later or something like that. Oh, it is. But uh, yeah, it's it's still it's very different. It's a very different game now. But
0: uh, okay, <laughs> yeah, it's still going. Do you think they'll Did ever go, release? Uh... Classic EverQuest, and you know, they just released a classical owl? Uh, they've for quite a few years now. They've been
1: doing what they call progression servers, whereas like uh, you start off with just the first expansion, and it's either oh, okay. time locked. Like you, after six months, they release the next expansion, or sometimes it's like whenever uh, a raid. Guild, like, clears all of the, uh, like, the raids. But, um, it is, actually, not, not too long ago, I did, uh, play on one of the new progression servers, and it was, it was fun, it was a nostalgia kick, but it is still very different because they didn't, they didn't do as good of a job, like, recreating the original experience as, like, Classic WoW did, supposedly. Okay. So it's, it's, that old content, and they did bring some of the changed stuff back, but not everything, so they they still use different, oh. uh, even damage, like, different formulas. So, like, uh, in, like, it, in, like, 2000 or 1999, stuff was resisted a lot more than it is now, and it actually changes, like, the power of the player a ton. So, like, if you were in a zone, and that zone supported, like, 10 groups... Nowadays, one or two groups would be able to clear that zone out. <laughs> oh, okay. so it's yeah, it's a bit different. It's kind of kind of weird because like, so in EverQuest, you you level up by like actually killing stuff. Like you sit in one spot. Like I said, it's dangerous, so you find one safe spot to sit, and then pull stuff to you to kill for experience. <laughs> That's it. There's there's not that much questing in EverQuest, ironically. Uh, <laughs> um, but, so, there'd be little designated camp spots that people would just, all right, all you get all of these mobs to kill, and this is your group's mobs. That's your camp. Uh So back in the day, like, if you go to a zone, and there were ten of those, now they, like, merged a bunch of them. So it's... <laughs> Uh, only, like, two or three instead. So it does... That's actually one of the main reasons I stopped playing when I recently did the progression server is I got sick of... There's only, like... I got to, like, level in my 40s, and the level cap is 50. And I... There's only, like, three zones, really, that are good for, like, grouping in for experience. At that point, because it's still just the first expansion. There wasn't a lot of content. Right. And I just got kind of sick of it. <laughs> like, okay. the same three. Well, and it's really the same two, because one of the zones is entirely underwater, and no one wants to deal with that shit. So. <laughs> for sure. For sure.
0: <laughs> underwater yeah. levels of video games is just notoriously bad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't think there's a single thing. Single one that
1: I liked. I mean, it made it interesting because there's like a raid in there too. So it's organizing a raid for that is it sucks, but it's also interesting, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. Because
1: yeah. you have to get like you can't breathe underwater. You have to you have to either use spells or find magic items or whatever that lets you breathe underwater. And if you, if you forget, you're you're gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's Hard to like cast spells because you get pushed around by the whenever you get hit, you get pushed around and stuff. So it's, I don't know. It's interesting, oh, but God, not, it. You can't stay on one spot because it's water. Yeah, yeah. It's, it makes it interesting, but it... it no one likes it. <laughs> no one actually <laughs> likes
0: sure. it. Yeah, For sure, I think I get it. <laughs> um... Do you still play every once in a while? you still jump in?
1: I... I I'd kicked the habit for several years, and then I, I jumped in because, like, a friend's account was already activated, so I didn't have to, like, start it up. Um, but, I don't know, I think, I think I'm finally now done with it for good. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and I played this <laughs> game on and off, mostly, on for, I don't know, 10 years, 15 years, maybe. Ah, and then, and then just hopping every occasionally, like maybe once a year at most, if even after that. But yeah, that that game dominated my childhood. Like my mother hated EverQuest because <laughs> <laughs> I played it, my brother played it, my dad played it. Oh my god! Originally, gosh. originally my brother got it, and then uh, my Mom asked my dad to, like, play it a bit to see if it's, like, you know, an okay game to play. Yeah. Granted, this is the same person who had, like, five-year-old me playing Doom. But, (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so he played it just to, like, see if it was okay and then kept playing it. And then, of course, I played it, too, on my brother's account. The only time that I'd have to play it was, like, before school. So we'd wake up. My brother would play it until he had to leave for school. And I had – because I was in – well, I like still in elementary school. He was in middle school. Yeah. So I had a little bit longer after he left. So I, I had like maybe an hour, an hour window <laughs> to play the game until I finally got my own account. And then, yeah, so using – this is back on dial-up too. So the,
0: <laughs> the phones were
1: always – Always used up using the phone line. And then we'd always, like, have to fight about the computer. We'd have two computers side by side. And, like, we'd always, like, have arguments about who gets to play the computer. Because, like, my sister would also want to use the computer. She didn't play EverQuest, but she played, like, The Sims and listened to music yeah. and stuff. Huh? And uh so we had this whole system where, like, you have to give, like, a half-hour warning... Like, all right, I get to use the computer in a half hour. And so it'd be like, uh, and then you have a half hour wait before you can like give someone a half hour warning. So you can play, basically play in an hour interval. And like we had the whole system basically set out where it's like, alright, you play for basically as just hour intervals that we'd schedule, like, the whole day worth <laughs> of who gets to use it <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, fun times.
0: And it was yeah. something, I mean, that, it, did it work out pretty well, or were there still, was it still frustrating uh, it can be, for everybody? It can be
1: very problematic with EverQuest, because older MMOs, like, are a huge time sink. Like, you get in-game, you can't. In EverQuest, you can't solo, so you get in game, you have to find a group, and then you can only play for forty-five minutes before you have to leave. Right. So it's uh, it 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 was difficult, but uh, I mean, what else were we gonna do? We're still gonna play that game. <laughs> I think, <mean>, yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely different different games were better for uh, that that system than an MMO. Like I played. A lot of uh, strategy games, like uh, RTSs, but what kind of killed R- all other RTSs for me was I found uh, the Total War series, mainly like yep. Rome, Rome Total War, the original one.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which is
1: not an RTS, it's like a you have like a campaign map that's turn-based, and then when you fight battles, it's real-time. Oh, nice. and I really like that because rather than like having, uh, you know, units with like health bars that you just attack until the other one dies, you control like a groups of like, might be like 300 guys in a single group, and then you have like 20 groups of those guys. So it's a lot of, a lot of like big battles. And, yeah. uh, ra- rather than, uh, just like slaughtering, through uh the basically the goal kind of kind of like real battles whereas you get the enemy to run not just slaughter them then once they run that's when you start slaughtering them but uh (laughs) so (laughs) there's this whole like fatigue and morale system in the game that just made it really really fun for me i didn't play it like online against other people much it's a kind of totally different game. I like kind of setting up the campaign. And uh, and uh then the really fun battles were when you kind of fuck up your thing and you get like a tiny force that has to hold off like a, a massive enemy army, kind of like your own little Thermopylae.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. So it's, yeah, after that it kind of just ruined. I kind of stopped playing RTS games after I found that series. So I played, like, Rome Total War, then Medieval 2 Total War. I don't know how many hours I put into those. And then eventually they came out with, uh, Rome 2 Total War, which I, I have probably over a thousand hours played on Steam. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, I played that a lot. And, uh, yeah, besides RTS's, um, I really liked, oh, I guess I liked, uh, more on PlayStation, like Final Fantasy games, I got into those because you can play them, you know, shorter intervals. And the big right. benefit of that is it wasn't on PC, so I could play it as much as I wanted.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I uh, got into, like, mainly, like, JRPGs on PlayStation and stuff like that. Um okay. And then, oh, also one of my, my favorite games that I played, I think around the same time that EverQuest came out, was the Thief games? Have you heard of those games?
0: Yeah, so I, I think I own
1: Thief. That must um, be like the the reboot, right? The
0: yeah, it's a newer one, and I heard yeah, it wasn't so it's great. A, yeah,
1: it's. I mean, I don't. I don't know as a game how it is in total, but as a Thief game, they did a lot of things totally wrong. Okay. Like okay. I, I started. I I did try it, and. uh... I played it for about 10 minutes before... Because I started up hoping for a Thief game, right? And I played about right. 10 minutes. And, like, I could tell, like, this is not a Thief game. So I quit because I wanted to play a Thief game. Yeah. It might be a good game, but it's not what I was looking for. <laughs> so mm. the older Thief games were, like, hugely influential in, like, forming the whole stealth genre and like basically any any game with stealth mechanics regardless of like the genre is highly going to be highly influenced by thief. Gotcha. Uh so Assassin's Creed Yeah. Um Assassin's Creed kind of the, the big comparison is like Dishonored? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's definitely like similar atmosphere too. like Dishonored was heavily inspired by Thief. Uh, a big difference is like, you know, in Dishonored, you're, you can also do like a, just where you run through and slaughter everyone, whereas Thief didn't have that part, and that, that does make a, a difference in your, how you approach the game as well, because, uh, the, the idea behind Thief is that you're powerful when you're hidden. I mean, you aren't going around killing people, but as long as you're hidden, you know, uh, you're, you're doing good, but if you get discovered, you're vulnerable. And gotcha. like, so Thief had combat, but it was like, really clunky, and like the character you play is a master thief, not a good fighter. So if you get caught, your best bet is to just run mostly. You run
0: away and try and hide. <laughs> okay. So, Because then you become more – or you, then you're not as vulnerable.
1: Yeah, whereas, like, Dishonored, yeah. if you get caught, you can just slaughter everyone. Not a big deal. It's yeah. all, it only makes a big deal if you're intentionally going for, like, a ghost, like, not, not being seen, discovered at all type of playthrough. But that's, like, right. self-enforced. Whereas Thief, I mean – Nowadays, if you've played it a lot, you know how to like kind of cheese the AI where you can you can probably take on like ten guys at once, but that's only because you know the game in and out to kind of abuse the that old AI <laughs> yeah yeah back in back in the day before you if you're if it's your first playthrough you know you're you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna die <laughs> if you get caught
0: gotcha. So I mean it's is it is it a tough game? Or is it just one of those ones where um you've just um, gotta be careful or if you play it the right way then it's fine? It's, I, I wouldn't
1: say it's like a super difficult game, but it is a okay. slow paced game. Um there's a lot of times where you are moving very slowly, but it's it's so if you, if you like stealth games, it's great because, like, there's a lot of tension in the game. And, uh like, some of the most, like, tense times are when you're not actually doing anything. You're just hiding in the shadows, hoping that you don't get spotted by Ugh. the guy, by the guard walking past. You're like, oh, God, oh, God. You're too afraid to move. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's... So, I, lo-
0: I like those kinds of games.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's And, like, Thief was like i think the first the first game to use like lighting like that like shadows and light as first game to have like sound bounce around walls rather than go through walls that's very cool so like any 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 stealth any game with stealth stuff like you know have you played like far cry
0: yes yeah
1: like a lot of those mechanics were kind of pioneered by thief and it's one of the, the, I mean, obviously there are games earlier than that that have like stealth, but there's basically three games I think that people generally consider like to have formed the stealth genre. And that's where, um, Thief, uh, Metal Gear Solid and, uh, oh, I think Tenchu.
0: Yeah. Does make, does yeah. make a lot of sense. Cause Metal Gear Solid's, I mean, a little bit different than yeah. what yeah, uh, and more of the like hide in plain sight kind of mechanic. Kind yeah, of yeah. Of I mean, of It's, it's definitely
1: definitely
0: stealth game, but it, it they
1: both they all had like different approaches to it. And I think right. Thief is has been like the most influential on like other genres just because of especially the way it it can like the things they did originally uh just integrate really well into like Shooters now too, because like yeah. it's not often you have shooters that don't have any kind of stealth mechanics nowadays. Like, you know, no, and even places. um, go ahead. I I don't know about like the more recent Doom games. Like I'd imagine they're they're not big on stealth, but like any any like military shooter uses stealth. Any you know most most shooters have like stealth aspects nowadays, so.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um I could I mean I can attest to both of like I played Doom Eternal, um, which is absolutely not a stealth game. Uh, yeah. it is <laughs> because you're I guess I what's have you played a lot of the recent Dooms? No, I haven't played the recent Dooms. They're kinda on like okay. my
1: checkout list eventually, but it's For sure. not that kinda like Not... I'm more... I prefer, like, stealth shooters. I played a lot of SOCOM, too, actually, on PlayStation.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think that those are... I don't know. Because Doom does a really interesting thing with the mechanics where, you know, if you shoot an enemy, you are going to get gas for your chainsaw. If you chainsaw an enemy, Uh you're going to get ammunition. And if you um, bash an enemy, then you are going to get health. Um... From the enemy. So the mechanics uh, are all in the killing. Yeah. Um, and so how you It's encouraging this. you
1: to, like, switch up how you're doing. Because if you, if you only use chainsaw, then you're not going to get gas, right?
0: Right, right. Gotcha. And then you run out of gas with your chainsaw, and then you have to use your shotgun. Um, yeah. And then you run out of ammunition with your shotgun, and then you got to use your chainsaw. You know, it it all just kind of goes back and forth, and, like, it's... They did a really good job in Doom Eternal in p- particular, um, of just balancing all of that out really well. So you feel like you've always got just enough of everything you need. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's a way that you could sneak around in that game without <laughs> having everything you need, you know, or avoid killing enemies. Yeah. And that's, without having and that's everything you
1: need. definitely not the way they want wanted the game to be. That would not be a Doom game if you're sneaking around. Right, right, right. But now, what that used to be like the norm for first-person shooters, and now that's kind of like, that's a little unusual in modern times. For that, you just it's like a run and gun. That's the more unusual thing now. Is most games are kind of mix in other other elements.
0: Yeah, um, either
1: RPG elements or.
0: Stealth. Yeah, totally. The Call of Duty um, actually has been pretty good about mixing some of those things in as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last game that they released, Modern Warfare, um, which came out in 2019, that game had really interesting mechanics with stealth. Um, even one level where you play as a clerk... In a or an office I shouldn't call it a clerk it's an office worker um in an embassy, and you need to sneak through the embassy it's all in third person uh through the view of these security cameras um so you need to kind of i guess you play as the main character and you are kind of telling this office administrator where to go um, I see. as they As she sneaks around the office, avoiding these terrorists, Um, it is a really fun level. (laughs) Like
1: they managed to get some third person in there, even though it's like mostly a first person game. So yeah, yeah, it's absolutely looks like they're they're definitely like experimenting with like getting different, different gameplay in mixed in there.
0: Yeah, yeah, and there were even there was even one. a Call of Duty game not too long ago where they had optional missions like side quests. Oh. Not the optional like I know in Modern Warfare Two I think it was where it was optional because it was so graphic or so horrible. Oh yeah. the, like, uh, What was that called? It was No Russian I think. It was oh yeah, mission. that's it. Yep. You had, to, you had to like run through an airport killing you know civilians. Uh, I didn't. Um, I didn't play that
1: one, but I remember like the news articles uh, for that. Oh first. yeah. Oh yeah.
0: They they really pushed the envelope there. Yeah. Um. That was that was a weird time in news and video games, but uh, it, that was around the Mass Effect. Like everybody's saying that Mass Effect was an alien sex simulator and everything oh, that
1: like that. Stupid. I remember that. <laughs> it's
0: like no, that's not true at all. There's one sex scene in the whole like in one playthrough if you choose to do it? Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh oh. anyways um yeah so they they do interesting things they had the side quests in one of the games uh and that game was also a pretty good RPG um as far as the shooters go uh they added some really interesting RPG mechanics to it which was strange for Call of Duty and yeah. the game was not accepted very well by a lot of people and i think a lot of a the reason was that it wasn't this this thing that we're used to, this corridor shooter, you know? Yeah. Um. It, they made it a little more interesting and a little more complicated, which, of course, is going to, like, turn people off if it's too complicated or it's not something that... It's not what they're looking for, right? Yeah. Um. I really liked it, but I, I'm i also a big Call of Duty fan, so I don't know if that's fair to <laughs> like, say that it was good.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's... I mean you have to switch some stuff up otherwise well call of duty already has the reputation of like just re-releasing the basically the same game every year so when yeah. they do when they do try and switch some stuff up now people are complaining about it.
0: <laughs> it's i mean it it's one of those things where i don't think people know what they want um and it is also like if you if you constantly think that, that Call of Duty is putting up the same game every year, then you're probably not playing a lot of Call of Duty, which means yeah. that you're probably not going to play the game that comes out next time anyways. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then you can't really complain about what they changed in it. Yeah. Um. Versus when they do change things and you play it all the time, then sure, you know, you can complain about it.
1: And obviously they're not going to change, like, the core gameplay because then it's not yeah. – Call of Duty anymore it's like what So yeah i don't know when they it's...
0: when they pull like an assassins creed and just decide like yeah call of duty is now a rpg it's now an open world adventure game that's yeah. gonna, that's like going to be it i think <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah yeah you, you can't really win right regardless of what you do
0: yeah, that's with a lot of things, though. Too. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Um, so Tekken. You've been playing a lot of Tekken lately. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, I I played
1: it when it came out quite a bit, and then when I I left for Australia and didn't bring my desktop pc i only brought my laptop which didn't run it very well so i had to okay. like kind of put it off for a year and then i didn't start it up until recently again so i basically stopped playing it for i don't know year and a half almost coming up on two years but i started playing it recently and i got really back into it <laughs> nice it's uh it's a it's a hard game <laughs> yeah because uh you know, I've, you have to practice so much, just like, you're gonna play online with someone who knows some bullshit thing that there's one way to get out of, but you have to know how to get out of it, and if you don't, you're, you're screwed. (laughs) Like, you've lost the game, you've lost that match. It's just a lot to learn. Um, even, even just, like, Basic movement technique in that game takes a lot of practice. It's not a difficult input, but, like, you have to build up the muscle memory. And that's just to, like, move properly.
0: <laughs> Do you play on a mouse and keyboard? Uh, you can for that game. I actually, I originally played, when I first got it,
1: I played it on, like, my PlayStation 3 controller. And then okay. I actually bought, like, a joystick just because it's, it's, like... It looks yeah. looked more fun. So I'm like, I'm yeah. going to get that. It, it is more fun for me. Um, but there's not necessarily, it's not necessarily, like, better. It doesn't really give you, makes some things easier, but other things harder. So people play with either, like, joystick or a uh, controller, like a, uh, PlayStation controller or mouse and keyboard also works fine. Actually, keyboard can make some of that movement technique a lot easier. Oh, really? Yeah, but you can't really use keyboard PlayStation. PlayStation. Uh, so it's oh, not as sense. popular because it's, it's kind of like <laughs> a PC-exclusive input device. Right. And this is, I think, the first Tekken to be on PC, so...
0: That makes a lot of sense. Yeah.
1: So it's, yeah, kind of what most people think of is, like, learning the combos and stuff. Like, I remember, like, I I, I heard of the game until I played it with KO, like, Tekken 6. Fun kind of match. Learn a combo, and you think you're, like, shit, now Yeah, I can undefeatable. But then, like <laughs> anyone who actually knows, like combos are the not the, are that's like the easiest part. <laughs> right. The hard part is like learning everything about every character so that they don't just beat the shit out of you.
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's. <laughs> yeah, that is, yeah. There's a lot of the... like studying in these fighting games that. Yeah. I, just, I don't think I've got the patience for. I don't think I could do it.
1: I'm into any other fighting games. It's just Tekken. Like, I don't know how people can play multiple fighting games. Like, you have to learn so much. But, uh, yeah, it's, and like, I don't, I get like a lot better if I practiced more. But at the same time, you know, I kind of just want to start up a, a game and play it, actually play the game.
0: <laughs> right, right.
1: But, uh, it is, It is, like, a lot of fun when you, like, get a good match or a set of matches just because it's the mind games that you're, like, playing with your opponent and that they're playing on you. It's not fun when, uh, you know, one person is just, like, so far above or below the skill level of the other person. But when you get, like, a good match, that's when it's, like... Just super rewarding, but it, it takes a lot of dedication, and it can be pretty frustrating.
0: <laughs> yeah, I bet. It's, I don't know. I've heard a lot about different fighting games, right? And I've, I've got a friend who's trying to convince me to play UFC, um, okay. which is a lighter fighting game, right? The You don't have to be as quick, um, on the reactions as you would at something like tech industry yeah. or uh killer instinct or something like that. Um, you can be, your reaction time can be a little bit slower and you can still play well. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm afraid of that barrier to entry that yeah, I'm afraid yeah. I just don't have what it takes at all to like be successful at them. Yeah. I mean, I definitely
1: think that's part of the reason why they're, uh, much more niche now compared to when you played them in, like, arcades. Right. Um, I think, like, that genre definitely is uh, a little bit easier to start playing in, like, an arcade environment than, like, hopping online and getting the shit beaten out of you by someone who's been playing the game for two decades.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense.
1: <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's it's it is definitely a hard hard thing to get into. But you're into it, you're yeah, yeah. It. That that one game at least. Um, like I'd say, like Tekken's a bit easier on the like input execution. Like it's for the most part. There's there are several really, really hard moves, but, like, you you can get characters that take very... that are super easy to do, like, combos and stuff, but it's... like, my execution is not great. But Tekken, compared to, like, other fighting games, also has, like, a lot more of that stuff you need to study as well. So, like, characters... some characters have, like, over 200 moves, whereas most other fighting games have a lot, lot less than that.
0: Yeah, 200 is a lot. Yeah, and obviously not (laughs) everyone uses
1: every single move, but, like, you, you might play against one person playing this character, and then you play someone else with that same character, and they're using, like, they start using some moves that you haven't seen before. You're like, what the hell is that? But generally, generally there's, like, a core set of moves that are, like, the best moves for that character that you see a lot. So it's it's a lot of stuff to learn, but you can kind of focus on what you learn first
0: to make, like, more progress. Okay. I do like that aspect of it. That makes it, like, seem a little more doable, I think. Yeah, you have (laughs) to – you really have to, like, approach it a certain way
1: and, like – Kind of focus your efforts towards, alright, I'm going to learn this now, kind of compartmentalize, like, I'm going to focus on this for a little bit. And then once you start getting better at that, you focus on this other thing, and then you focus on this other thing. And you have to kind of make it about, uh, learning, like improving, rather than, like, winning the matches. Cause, like, you have to, you have to basically, you have to look at it like, alright, I'm considering this, Winning as long as I learn how to do this thing during this match. Like, I don't care if I actually win or lose the match. You, have to, you definitely have to have fun even when you lose, because you're going to lose a lot at first. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, that's that's good. I mean, this is... I think that's a good way to look at a lot of things, personally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's hard to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's really hard to do. For
1: sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. I but, like that though. I like that one. Yeah. <laughs> the whole, whole approach to life. <laughs> life lessons here.
0: On yeah. Pat. yeah. Yeah. That's what the <laughs> show's about, is life lessons. Um, I want to go real quick into you, uh, or just ask you, uh, one more question. Cause we're running sure. a little bit long here. Um, oh, sure, sure, sure. I want to see actually how long have we been recording? An hour six. Yeah, we're running a little bit long. Um, so, let's jump into the last question that I've got on the list here. Uh, Uh, what are you looking forward to in the future of gaming? What interests you the most?
1: Mostly for me, um, like, I feel like they're always pushing better and better graphics, and it's like, yeah, that looks cool, but... I'd rather have, like, improved, like, AI, new, like, experimenting with different uh gameplay things for, like, within even, either new, not just new genres, but, like, new ways to do, like, current genres. So, for me, yeah. like, I like a lot of strategy games, and in those games, like, finding like AI is hugely important but there hasn't been a lot of innovation because basically it's hard to make an AI that is both good and doesn't feel like it's cheating. <laughs> right. Right. So like any improvements there and I guess uh with like the machine learning stuff maybe we'll we'll see some big big jumps there cuz it'll it's not just straight up cheating. It'll kind of have to learn. Obviously, they still have to limit it because <laughs> it's computer. It's, it's going to play better than you.
0: Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah, it seems like a lot of games focus so much. At least a lot of big games focus so much on improving the graphics rather than like the gameplay. Yes. For like they find they find one. They find a good, um, you know, they make a fun game. They get their game, but then they don't experiment as much. Like, that—that that is one thing I kind of liked about Final Fantasy is, like, every Final Fantasy is different. Not just, like, a different story, but, like, they different combat system. They They were not afraid to experiment with some stuff. And then you have, I yeah. mean... That did make some some of the games not as good while others were you know. Like I liked Final Fantasy Final Fantasy Seven, of course, is like basically the favorite one. I really liked that uh the whole system with like I don't have you played Final Fantasy Seven?
0: Yes. Well, no. No, not seven. Sorry, I played eight. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Um, I haven't played seven. I also haven't played the remake of seven. So I played none of seven. <laughs> I haven't played the remake, but like
1: in the original, you like the way you equip like materia and they interact. That was super fun. But then Final Fantasy VIII came around, and I didn't like like the story parts were fine. Uh, it had a fucking amazing soundtrack. I really like yeah. the soundtrack.
0: Final Fantasy VIII soundtrack fucking slaps. It's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> but the
1: but the like junction system in Final Fantasy Eight that they caught, where you, like, basically made it so I didn't bother with using magic at all, because, like... Yeah, yeah. I wanted to hoard, hoard all my magic things, because I need to equip those to characters or whatever to get stats. And then also, like, leveling was kind of fucked up in that game.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was. Uh, yeah. It was. It, it was... That game was so weird and so different than any was other game I had level played with, at the time. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was really difficult. I got stuck a lot in that game.
1: And it's normally in like that type of game, like you, if you're stuck, you just grind a little bit, you can level up and get more powerful. In Final Fantasy VIII, like you didn't really want to do that because that'd make it harder.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> might make it, it harder, just, you know. And it was so, difficult to find people to level up against too, because it's fairly linear, like. Yeah, you know,
1: it's, it's just running around in the same spot basically. If you need to grind, which definitely gets boring, but it, it is nice that they were experimenting with it, you know? Because yes, it get it it would get very tedious if every single Final Fantasy game had like the basically the same combat system. Absolutely. If if they followed the same story, like it was like actual real sequels, like. As far as story goes, that'd be... By now, that'd be the stupidest, longest,
0: worst plot <laughs> ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fifteen of them or whatever. <laughs> I'm, I'm really glad that they decided to go somewhere different uh with the story for every game. Just because, yeah, it would be horrible. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many they would run before they decide to make it different. But yeah, it's mean, a game had- like... Yeah, they'd have to do something different for sure. I mean, it's a game like Resident Evil kind of does the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. I guess one and two are loosely tied together, and then three is way out there. Um, they've got eight in their franchise right now, so they've got a, they've been changing it up forever. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other, I mean, Super Mario, but like, that game doesn't really have like that. Yeah. go. <laughs>
1: like they they definitely run into the issue that a lot of like TV shows have, where you have to write them. You do the writing where it needs to be like kind of per season because you don't know whether it'll continue, and then you find you have to just keep continuing it.
0: Yeah, so yeah.
1: Kind of just like re kind of almost rewrite parts or work it. It doesn't it doesn't work nearly as well as knowing the beginning and end from the the beginning, like writing it all out before you make the game.
0: (laughs) Right. Like they did with uh, Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. Well. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And and then they can change the books because nobody liked the ending of the show. (laughs) You can just change everything else. Um, Just when you talk about innovation in games, um, and the things pushing that forward, uh, I think of the DICE Awards that happened earlier this year, uh, in 2020. Um, there were a lot of different and weird games that came out in 2019, uh, some of which were Death Stranding, uh, mm-hmm. by Hideo Kojima. He's a Metal Gear Solid yeah. director. Um, he came out with basically, a, like, uh, a Paperboy remaster. Uh, where you just go around delivering stuff. But there's uh-huh. all sorts of crazy ideas and the whole mechanic of like walking down a hill and having to hold the right and left, you know, bumpers as you're going down the hill to try to keep your balance, that sort of thing. Like,
1: really yeah. interesting
0: gameplay. And of course, like, you'd expect that from somebody like Hideo Kojima. Yeah. Um, and not only did that game have the graphics behind it and all the power in the world and all the money in the world going into this game, um but also these interesting gameplay mechanics. Now for the game of the year that was chosen at the Dice Awards, it's just interesting to to see what some of these games are. I'm gonna list them off here. Um because I think it speaks to what you're saying about how graphics aren't as important in, in as gameplay. Um so here are some of the games. Control, which is an absolutely gorgeous game. Um, one of the highlights of 2019 as far as good looking games go. Uh-huh. Uh, Death Stranding, also a gorgeous game. W- weird story, interesting story. Um, interesting mechanics in it as well. Uh, Disco Elysium, which is also a really pretty game. It had a little different art style. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's a computer RPG, a CRPG, so it's a little bit different. Um, it, there's not as much animation in it as there are some of these other games. Yeah. And then Outer Wilds was another one here. Yeah, I've which, heard that was really good. I haven't played it. Like, so I will evangelize this game to the end of the earth. Outer Wilds is a fantastic uh, okay. game. <laughs> it is, it I'll is, check it out. yeah, it's really physics-y. Um, deals a lot with interesting physics problems. Uh I would say largely a puzzle game. A rogue-like puzzle game? Okay. i want to say okay. um, really interesting, really fun. Uh but the art style is also very simple. Um right. and does not look particular. It's pretty, don't get me wrong. But if this isn't in 4K, I'm I'm going to be fine. Gotcha. Um it was yeah, just
1: they, It's like graphics are nice, but like they're not as important. Art art style is is important. Like you know, it can be right. low quality, but like the art style is good, then it's it's basically timeless. You know.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, and I think that's what Outer Wilds has, and it's yeah. got the it's got the gameplay to back it up. Out of all of these, I think Outer Wilds has some of the funnest, most interesting oh, gameplay. Okay. Uh, it's got really interesting mechanics that you can play with. Uh the last game on the list, the game that won the game of the year from the Dice Awards, uh, is Untitled Goose Game. Which I have heard of that, but I don't really yeah, remember. Yeah, the the graphics are trash. Uh <laughs> <laughs> the art style is also trash. It is strictly a game about mechanics. That's all it is is a, a silly stealth game where you play as a goose and you just try to annoy people. <laughs> I it's see, yeah. it, it's fantastic, uh, but it's it's one of those things where it is pure gameplay. This is the graphics yeah. are not interesting, the art style is not interesting. Um, it's just a lot of fun to annoy people as a goose and. <laughs> <laughs> Just kind of wreak wreak havoc on this little tiny English village that you're in. It's delightful. <laughs> it's really delightful.
1: Well, I'm I'm glad that like you know, well especially we're we're seeing kind of like a an increase in like the indie game market. So that's yeah, that's really a good thing because it's it's the indie games which are more free to experiment because they don't have to. Make a bunch of money for shareholders and stuff. They can they can take bigger risks because worst case scenario you wasted a lot of your time, right? And your right. own money, but you you're making it because you want to make the game. You're not, you know, if it's successful, then that's amazing. But it's like that's not really the reason you started making it in the first place, probably.
0: Yeah, it's it's. I mean. It sucks when a game doesn't go over well, especially, like, if it... I mean, granted, also, like, I think as a developer and as somebody who's just self-employed in general, like, you should probably make good financial decisions. Yeah, yeah. Not, you know,
1: like... You, you definitely shouldn't yeah. get into making an indie game expecting to <laughs> make a lot of money.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um don't, you know, don't... Sell your house or become homeless because you're trying to make a video game. Yeah. Uh, but also, it's really nice to see people that have that freedom to do whatever they want because mm-hmm. they make cool stuff. Yeah, like
1: definitely a lot of like the more interesting, uh, changes in terms of like
0: gameplay has come from mostly indie games nowadays, so. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Untitled Beast Game is is up there, probably also heavily inspired by Thief. Yeah, you yeah, are solid. So, I think it's appropriate to to yeah. throw that in the ring and kind of tie this show up with a nice little bow. <laughs> What's that? What else are you check out? Untitled Goose Game. <laughs> yeah, uh, both those games right now are available on Xbox Game Pass. Uh, you can use it on PC okay. and. You can get, like, your first month for a dollar. So if you just oh, want yeah, to take yeah. those games out for a dollar, then, like, that's something you can do. You, you, I mean, you do have to cancel the membership, right, or it'll charge you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, you could do that. Yeah. You know what else you can get for a dollar is the,
1: the Thief games when they're on sale on Steam. They're, like, 98 cents each. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. I'm going to look into that when I get a PC. Yeah. I mean, at least... I mean, they're 20-year-old games, so you don't you don't need anything great. It just needs to be... <laughs> anything that can run Windows can run those games.
0: I might... Well, the... <laughs> I tried to... I got a Steam code from somebody um, from this other... When I was on a different podcast, uh, this guy gave us Steam codes to play his game. Mm-hmm. And his game was very, very simple. It was... Um, very much an indie game. Again, like we're saying, really interesting mechanics. Um, I just I couldn't play it. It was <laughs> the input was so slow from my arrow keys to oh. the computer. It was like half a second behind, and that <laughs> made a world of difference when I'm trying to play this game. Yeah. Um, yeah. The name of the game, by the way, was Color Jumper. Uh, it's developed by a guy named Ben Burns. He's a developer out of the Twin Cities here. Um, so also, if you get a chance, and you listeners, if you get a chance, check out Color Jumper on Steam. It's it's really, I mean, I can't really say it was really fun, but the people I've talked to who have played it, so the people that I trust that have that I've talked to and played it, had a really good time with it. So. It might be fun if you can actually run it. <laughs> right, right. So... At some point, I would like to play Color Jumper. It is for the Switch now, too. So if you oh, a okay. Nintendo Switch, you can uh play it on there. Um, he just made a port of it. I asked him to make a port for Xbox. He, he said no. He didn't, didn't listen. <laughs> <laughs> You're not that special, I guess. That's fine. That's fine. I know he works hard, so I'm not about to, you know. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm not going to force myself on him. Um is there anything else you wanna you wanna add? Anything else you wanna talk about, Joe? Uh I think I think we kinda covered a lot. It's already pretty long, I think. <laughs> yeah, we're at we're at one twenty two oh, wow. three right now, so we've been talking for a while. But it I mean, again, I I know you we talk a lot, so it's Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's good to talk to you. And we can talk about a lot of stuff for a long time. So. Yeah.
1: You can definitely get off on tangents. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Yeah. That happens all the time. And that's fine. That's what this, that's what this show is, is, is we talk about games for a little bit. I bring up Fallout 76 and then I go on a bunch of tangents about, (laughs) so (laughs) talk about Fallout 76 in every episode. I think I have in every episode, which I I definitely didn't mean to, but I just thought about like right before we were starting this. (laughs) I made a joke last week that I'm just going to make a podcast just about Fallout 76. Yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. Do you? <laughs> do you, uh, know other people that play it? I do. I know um, a couple of people, and actually, they're friends that I made because I played the game. Um, you should, you should try them... and get
1: like a whole like group interview or group discussion just about Fallout seventy six.
0: Yeah, I've, re- I've reached out to the people who do play it, and they they just don't want to be on a podcast. So. Gotcha. <laughs> Uh, that's also the thing of, like, you know, you guys have to be willing to, like, come on the show and talk. Um, but maybe after listening to a few episodes, they'll realize how kind of chill this is, and they will, uh, they'll listen, or they'll come on and we'll talk about Fallout 76 for a couple hours. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Um, anyways, you, dear listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you wanna follow Extra Gamepad, you can do that at Extra Gamepad on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can also follow me at Gabefall. Uh, pretty much everywhere. Just type in Gabefall into a search bar and you'll probably find me. It might take a little bit of digging, but you'll get there. Uh, Joe, is there anything you wanna, you wanna plug or anything you wanna add? Not really. My uh
1: my Instagram is all just like pictures of food that I ate <laughs> while abroad. <laughs> N
0: Not, nothing too interesting. Oh, we didn't even get it okay, so just to just to, like talk Joe up for a minute. Joe is like a big world traveler. Uh he's been to Asia multiple times. Um he just got back from Australia er- earlier this year. I shouldn't say just got back, it's been a while. Yeah. Um you had to kind of escape uh from the pandemic into the country that has handled it the worst. Uh yeah. but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, Joe has a lot more like a lot of really interesting stories and a lot of really interesting things to say. So uh if you've got any questions for him, you can just write into extra gamepad at gmail dot com. And it can be about like Again, Joe's had so much experience doing so many different things. So, if you just have a question, like in general, like what's the meaning of life, you can send that to expertgamedpad at gmail.com, and I will forward that on to Joe, and Joe will have an answer for you promptly. Yeah, I did uh, do some some farming in Australia, and
1: uh, after work, I'd go home and uh, do some farming on Stardew Valley.
0: <laughs> there you <laughs> My go. My entire life was farming. <laughs> there you go, in one way or another. Yep. We also the, did some romancing in Australia, and did did you do any romancing in Stardew Valley? Uh, no,
1: we didn't have a, a multiplayer setup then. Oh okay. Oh wait, okay. no, we did. We did for a little bit. Yeah. Oh, I, don't nice. kinda, I don't know what kind of I don't know what kind of romancing options you had in the game in terms of
0: like, like could you romance players? Yeah, but, uh, a player so Yeah, I don't know.
1: yeah you, you can do the NPCs.
0: <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah, gotta get them all. <laughs> gotta get them all. <laughs> They're like Pokemon. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you can do polygamous marriages in that game. I gotta play Modage. more Stargate Valleys. <laughs> 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 I'm sure there's a polygamy mod. <laughs> there's gotta be. There's gotta be. I love mods. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, that's gamepad at gmail.com. Write in, tell us your stories about your polygamous relationships in 2D RPGs. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Have a nice day and happy gaming!